Dear listeners, welcome to the Create to Heal podcast, where we have conversations from the heart about life and leadership. Each episode, we explore what creativity and healing means to our invited guests. We invite people from all walks of life to join us, from all industries and all experiences. We always use poetry and creativity to engage audience participation. We look forward to connecting with you and sharing your gems of joy. Hey, everyone. I'm Patricia Varga. And I'm Melody Wong. And we are your co-hosts. Welcome to another episode of the Create to Heal podcast. In this episode, we are so excited to be speaking with our wonderful guest, Selena Rushton. I'm going to give you a little bit of her background, and then she will tell us more about her story and her journey. I met Selena a couple years ago through a mutual friend. Uh, Selena lives in Seattle, Washington. So does my friend, Steve. And Steve had the good wisdom of introducing me to her because she is a remarkable person to know. Not only does she have a significant story to tell, she's just a delightful human being. Um, a little background. She is recognized as a community activist and a statewide leader, and that is the great state of Washington. She was diagnosed in December of 2016, stage 4B, cervical cancer, and is now a two-time survivor. And she actively, actively, actively engages in bringing awareness and hope to others. As a chapter leader of NCCC, National Cervical Cancer Coalition, Selena has lit up her great city of Seattle, the Great Wheel, and other buildings of significance, excuse me, in teal and white in Seattle, along with the gathering of the governor's proclamation for January is Cervical Cancer Awareness Month. As a representative of other things, she has formed so many amazing relationships and has just been a remarkable person of service, including in the newly formed Cervical Cancer Roundtable. Of special note, and this is pretty darn remarkable, Providence Swedish Cancer Care produced a short film about Selena's remarkable survival story, and it earned an Emmy nomination in the greater Pacific Northwest region. Selena, great to have you here. Thank you. Thank you so much, Patricia. As I listen to you talk about that, you know, just kind of reflecting on points of my life. It's like, gosh, and this is only just the last few years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, please tell all the audience anything you would like uh, to tell us about your history, your survivorship, your th thrivership more than anything. Um, my understanding of what <clears throat> the stories you've told me is that you were a death's doorstep and you dug deep and you survived. And uh, uh, now you are here doing such remarkable work for others. So tell us what you'd like. First of all, thank you so much. It's been such a delight to get to know you over the last couple of years. Um, an honor to be invited to this podcast and meet your uh, associate, Melody. I'm fascinated by the podcast you're doing and looking at the different aspects of life. Um, I feel like I understand why you invited me. So 
I'm honored. It's interesting because I'm trying so hard to know by every pore of my body that I'm not cancer. I'm not the cancer that I beat. I'm this whole person. I'm this whole person who had a life prior to December 16 and my diagnosis. I'm a whole person that survived my son's tragic uh, suicide um, in 1991. I'm more than my lifetime career in the insurance and financial services industry. Somewhere in there is this woman that's filled with art and creativity that began when I was a little girl and earned my first service award in my second grade year for doing something I don't remember, but I remember getting this cool certificate and being acknowledged. And along the way, learning that I think more that's kind of who I am. I am this person outside of all these things I've done and that loves to achieve. I'm a connector. I love the human connection, but I'm also an ideator. I like connecting ideas and possibilities and pivot points that sometimes people don't even see. And I'm just like, okay, ping, 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 ping. You know, I'm bouncing off the wall with these ideas. I'm a lifelong learner. Terminal cancer, I was told as it was found in my lungs, my body was full of it, that, you know, this is it. And somehow or other, I had the wherewithal to just pull it together and within weeks, give away everything physical I owned on this earth. I got my house in order. My second diagnosis really made it very, very, like, beyond, beyond real on top of everything else because I suffered a grand mal seizure. Um, one of the many serious side effects I would begin to experience through my treatment process. And losing my ability to drive forced me to face the fact that I was not going to be employable anymore. I guess I was kind of holding on to that. And I think I really held on to these ego level things I did. Oh, I'm a recognized leader here. And oh, I've contributed to disparate communities here and their education there and blah, 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 blah. These labels that somehow still meant a lot to me. I felt like I began a grieving process while I was still here. I mean, it really took a social worker to identify that in me as yet another layer of the onion. We all like to say, make sense started just peeling away and peeling away from me if you feel heavy from what I've already said <laughs> trust me I feel it too it's difficult to get away from it it's difficult to embody all these things and yet still be in life every moment of every day with every opportunity to enjoy the food I ate or the sunshine coming in while I was lying in bed or 
that friend that came to visit, I held this just as I am, quirky sense of humor along the way with the most bizarre thing. Um, right down to the day I was trying to put false eyelashes on to go somewhere to do something. And I didn't have enough of my own lashes left to figure out how to get those false eyelashes to lean on him. Like, does this even really matter? An eyelash? Does it matter? No. But those things that have become so, it's what we do. You know, you put on your face. As one of my girlfriends says, you get your sexy on. Well, kind of lost a lot of that, you know, and and that's okay too, because I'm not my sexy either. You know, I'm not my Miss Business face. I'm not my Miss Sexy face. <laughs> it's like all these things you are, and then you're not. And to witness the witness in my life is like crazy beautiful, Patricia. When I find people like you that get it without me even having to have like this kind of conversation, it's a rare gift. It's a beautiful gift. I don't even know where to stop or where to start. Well, let me say something because you you brought up just you know, had a beautiful image and a beautiful phrase. Does an eyelash really matter? In the scheme of things, no, not really, but in the scheme of things on the human level, yes, it does, because you took the time to do that, to still feel some sense of beauty and aliveness, and I'm a woman and I'm moving forward. I have met so many beautiful women who have had no hair. That um, were hooked up to their little chemo machines wandering around. And yep. I saw them in the bathroom putting on rouge, a little bit of, you know, stuff around the cheeks, <laughs> lipstick, eyeliner, and they got their mascara out. And they were whipping <laughs> that mascara around and it made them feel better. If yeah. you feel better, you're better. You know, in that moment, I think that's a highly creative act, um, putting your <laughs> eyelashes on. <laughs> Anyway, so I had to just remark about that. I, 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 I love it. Well, thank you. And, you know, I, I sometimes would go, okay, is this more for me or is this for, you know, the yous out there, all the other yous that and how they might react to me if, you know, I had my face on. And I remember one time, I was hospitalized a lot. I suffered a series of side effects to the point that at the nine month point, which I'm holding out on saying it, every cotton picking chemo cocktail they'd put me on, I'd have adverse reactions to. So back to the hospital, you know, infusions and whatsoever and all that stuff. And I, I don't want to even go into those details because they just, they're not the part that matter even. That was a treatment protocol. I signed up to do to help me have more quality of life for a bit longer to be here for my daughter and my grandchildren. But when a nurse walks in and you are you're bald and there's not a hair on your entire body as you've known your body, 
And it's rare, but they walk in and they go, you are so beautiful. I find it both amazing and hilarious at the same time. How can this be? It is so funny to me. And the reaction of the nurse is genuinely sincere and authentic and giving me a gift to embrace myself. I just start laughing. You know? So I think those are the ironies in life. And um, so now I'm going to give you my nine months into treatment thing. It's my 60th birthday. And I've now gone to my birthday party my friends have thrown me there's probably and this was just a local put it together at a girlfriend's home and there's over 20 gorgeous women in there and i'm sporting my brunette wig because that's the only wig i could find that fit the youthfulness of what i thought i was versus finding every silver hair gray wig that i could find was like old lady dusty something i couldn't do it and it wasn't comfortable being bald. So I'm wearing my brunette wig, drawn on eyebrows, no eyelashes. It's hot. And wigs are hot, really hot. And especially the really like budget free ones that you get. But it's a hot day. I'm overwhelmed by this love. I'm overwhelmed by the fact this is the day I've now been told I'm NED. What is NED? No evidence of disease. So, wait a minute. I'm already in writing, supposed to die within a year. I've already survived all these other crazy bumpity bumps. And I'm now embraced with love. And, you know, puffy face and all those things that cancer treatments give you on top of everything else and I have no evidence of disease what do I believe in this moment who do I believe in this moment do I believe the death faced deer in the eyes girlfriends do I believe my doctor who diagnosed me here and is now telling me that do I believe this do I believe that do I believe Dr. Google hell I don't know all I know is that I'm here and I have love today and there's some ray of sunshine and hope coming through because they can't find any cancer in my body. Well, okay. And I also don't own anything more. I'm living in my girlfriend's house in a bedroom, you know, with a private bath and a little bit of personal love around me and beautiful decor around me. Um, what? <laughs> you know, what? I'm not 16. <laughs> How am I supposed to start my life over? Well, this is such a beautiful story. And then I'll turn it over to Melody. I think I, several things came up for me. Um, you were stripped down to the basics. You did it through <laughs> giving away of things, the hair, everything. Just, you were at quote unquote, ground zero, starting yeah. over. And that is the point of creativity, where you yeah. just, it's like, I'm not quite sure where I'm going. How did this happen? But that's a beautiful place to be. 
because you're yeah. going to move forward and create some magnificent things, which you have done, which yeah. you have done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, just deep breath. <laughs> well, Melody always has some beautiful insights. Um, I'm going to say one thing that I did write down. More than enough to give to others. And you had that pre-cancer, post-cancer, any any time frame you want to look at. And I'm going to say this right now. You have more than enough to give for the rest of your life. And it's a beautiful thing. Thank you. Yes, it all resonates with me. Thank you so much, Selena, for sharing your story with us thus far. I'm holding on to the edge of my seat um, and like Patricia said, it seems like you were stripping away layers of yourself, layers of identity, layers of and labels, so that you were not constrained to these things, but they all still mattered to some degree. You know, um, they were just held out in front of you. And I really resonated with when you when you mentioned that you allowed yourself the space to feel to grieve because it mattered. You honored each stage, however micro it was, and just being lulled back and forth like the waves, um, your identity is being reshifted and shaped, but you at the core are still you. And like Patricia mentioned, you just embody such gratitude, abundance, and life. You know, um, and I love what you stated that you were just overwhelmed by love. And when I look at you, I see such a beautiful person of love and just an overcomer. You know, you've just taken the life's roller coasters, twists and turns, and you're you 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 tell yourself in each moment, I'm here. I have love today. I have hope coming through. And so when you embody that, that's just, that's so powerful. So thank you. Thank you for seeing that mm -hmm. and reflecting that back to me, Melody. Um, I ironically did not jump into that daily journaling, like blogging, anything some people needed to do for healing. Um, I think I was just selfishly savoring every ounce of myself to be clean, clear, and happy, not to burden others and pave my, my path forward. I knew there was less than even a 15% chance of surviving five years. And that survival five years didn't look like, oh, happy, healthy, vibrant life. I just, you could be here five years in some capacity. So I've done this before. I try to take that test of time and push it out when I have an anxiety, a fear, or something I can't wrestle with right now. You know, just kind of like set it aside and let the subconscious and the spirit and be what it's going to be out, set it out somewhere. So I decided in this case, when and if I do make it five years, I will have some story to tell. I didn't expect just this story, but I figured at that point, I guess maybe I was looking at I'd have value to share with others in, in some hopeful form. I would have banked up something. I don't know what that is. 
then I really couldn't even tell you I could imagine what that would look like. But I did put it out there that that would be my gift of life. And I believe we're here for gifts. I don't want to say gift giving necessarily, but we're, we're here. We're brought here to life, I think, to be in service of life. That is my belief system. And that can look very different in all kinds of ways. But I'm in service of life. I'm in life. I'm living and naturally in harmony, which means a give and a take. You know, it's this being of, you know, drinking water. And yeah, the water passes, you know, it's chopping the wood and feeding my space. You know, it's I have to participate somehow in all of this. So coming up on my fifth year, now I've had a recurrence and I've got become NED again. So I'm kind of skipping some of the other bumps and grinds of what happened. But I'm now learning how to put my story together and who to get it in front of because I've now worked with in some CE classes to help doctors understand, doctors, anyone in the oncology field, nurses, um, social workers, um, art therapists and such by sharing my story, what worked for me, what didn't work for me, how treatments went, kind of helped me burnish my story, I guess. And now I'm prepared and it's like I planted all these seeds in the upcoming to the fifth year. And now some of the things that Patricia talked about during the introduction are coming to me, are feeding me, um, such as St. Jude's has this huge commitment to ending HPV virus around the world. And they flew 30 survivors in from around the world in community to learn more about what we're doing in advocacy and how they could help us do advocacy further out. So that trip to Memphis was amazingly rewarding because I learned what I already knew that HPV vaccines can literally prevent this cancer, my cancer, cervical, vaginal, anal, or anthological, you know, tongue. I mean, it's just amazing what's out there that doesn't need to exist these days because of vaccines. So that's one phase. There's also an organization named Survivor, um, C-E-R-V-I-B-O-R, um, with Tamika Felder that does an incredible job of bringing women together in community to find their voices different ways. And with her, uh, I was able to go out to Princeton with GenMab as they were rolling out this new vac this new treatment protocol with Seattle Genetics. And they've now started this campaign called See Me. I'm not part of that See Me campaign conversation necessarily, but they're sisters of mine that are. In Washington State, there's a dozen women. We get together in community every couple months, share a meal, walk on a deck, 
connect with each other through a messenger sort. There's so many ways. NCCC, which is National Cervical Cancer Coalition, and I'm a chapter chair in, in Washington State, has just, through a grant, received a large shipment of um, HPV vaccine awareness, you know, bags and water bottles and all kinds of goodies that I'm going to be working this next week, dropping off with a community physician, Dr. Serena McKenzie, who is dedicated and committed and really comfortable talking about sexual health. And sexual health is a large part of the whole conversation around my cancer and cancers of this sort. And so, you know, it's nice to be able to go out there and kind of support her practice to bring more people and to get more awareness in that space too. Oregon Health Sciences University um, interviewed me and I'm now part of the community activist um, advisory board to bring a Latina women as I am, 45 plus as I am, with cervical cancer as I am, together from Oregon, Washington, and California, and put a different voice in, again, another minority community that is greatly underserved to a great degree because they live in urban areas, but more so because there's cultural challenges with having any kind of conversation around sexual things, much as the Asian community is, learning these are parts of wellness, your culture, and your community, my language, my language, before I even knew it was my language. I don't want to say it's exciting because it's so unfortunate. But it's rewarding. It's super rewarding to be in this conversation and have more than enough to give hope to others. And communication as simple as with hand and color and paper and clay and touch and all these different modalities hadn't been with me for a while. So it was like, oh, hello, all my old friends. I have all these great things to play with. And in those moments, I could again feel my silence and my peace and my joy and yet again a deeper level. It's just so, <sighs> Patricia, it's like the work I've seen you've done where you've got this color play going, it just flows. Your color play work is gorgeous. And I think I even added some of your classes into part of that, you know, which also added the the writing, the journaling. And I don't think I'll ever get enough of that again. Enough encouragement to just play. Just play. It doesn't have to be a finished product. I needed that. Like breath. Creativity is spirituality. It's breath. Breath is creativity. Any other things you'd like to say about creativity and what it means to you? You know, it's it's such a natural attribute I have that I think I forgot to honor what it looked like, all the other ways it could look. 
And yet creativity allowed me even to get rid of all of my possessions in such a quick weekend. You know, which friends could take things, which things could go to donation, which things could go to my kids and, you know, they could continue to part with. You know, just how did I quickly discern and let go of the fact that these things didn't fit in what I most needed now? So it was it's like a play. Okay, let's shift all, let's shift the stage. You know, let's shift what it looks like. What am I going to be wearing? You know, where am I going to be going? And I say I hate packing, to be perfectly honest. Um, I think because it's limiting sometimes. You know, it's that, well, things should look like this, and I might need this, and, you know, doing all those things, and yet, I might want to do something different. I might have a different opportunity or envision something else once I get out there. So it's unlimited. Creativity is unlimited. Stay curious. Go for it, Melody. (laughs) That really resonated with me, um, Selena, especially going back to what you said when you were saying it was kind of like a natural give and take right? The ebb and flow. And you're planting all these seeds um, for yourself and your community. And um, you mentioned earlier that you love connecting things. And as they come to fruition, and the connections just pop out at you, it's so rewarding. And I love what you were saying about reawakened play and um, just the joy that springs out from there that flows um, not necessarily because of an outcome but because of that process of um, like you mentioned endless possibility that is so inspiring and i think it also aligns with your journey to just be that advocate and that voice of empowerment for women around you who may have similar journeys like your essence, your spirit tells them, you are not alone. I see your struggle. I honor your journey. And that's, as you quoted, your service of life. Um, And that's such a gift. That's such a gift, Selena. Um, I'm going to pivot to our second question, which you've already touched upon. And that is, what is healing to you? Yeah. um... since I've had to work so much at it. Um, I think I have this thing about wellness. I say that because healing, I think in my mind, I think there's supposed to be some kind of this perfect, like I always say I'm a healthy person, but when I start tearing apart all the things that are going on with me, yeah, not so much. (laughs) Not so much. And that's a denial almost. I think if I go towards wellness, I'm trying to go towards the best I can given what I have. I mean, who doesn't like to have a cocktail? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Who doesn't like to eat bad sweets? I said bad sweets. Oh, I'm judging them. Do I love them? Yes, sometimes I do. You know, um, 
you know, I, I don't do reckless, harmful things to myself. Like I'm not into illicit drugs or, you know, ex excessive drinking or, you know, I don't, don't do reckless things. I don't. Yeah. Okay. So I have a lead foot in the car sometimes, but <laughs> I've, I've learned, I, I paid those insurance fees when I was younger. My joke now is after everything else I've put in my system to help save my life for a while and give me more quality of life for a while, um, seriously, what's a cocktail going to do to hurt me? You know, um, the more I learn about cancer, not just mine, but others, and the treatment, not mine, but others i do say this and please forgive me but cancer is the gift and treatments are the gift that keep on giving and it's not always pretty at all and there's a price there's a price for everything but i can work towards more wellness by doing certain things certain behaviors what i eat how i think how I treat my body, my mind, um, who I'm with, the boundaries I set, um, the choices I make, and pay attention to what's giving me energy versus what's just sucking the life right out of me. I'm very conscious of that. And sometimes to a fault, it, it's almost like an anxiety still that hangs in me. So I have to be really conscious of that. I've become more all of those things. I magnified more of those things at this age than I was when I was younger and what I called healthier. So to me, healing, yes. I'm just trying to, I, I don't know, wellness sounds fun sunnier to me well you just said something really um otherworldly or profound you know if life is a series of choices creative choices so is healing a series of creative choices you choose not to have people with negative energy in your life you choose not to abuse your body you choose to stimulate your mind you choose to give to others you're making these beautiful choices and that is healing yes Yes. I just, I think maybe there's still some, there's always going to be some alleys. So, you know, creaks and cracks and points of aging. <laughs> like, ah! You know, <laughs> was pointed out yesterday that I dressed very young. And okay, yeah, I've got these bell bottoms on and yeah, they've got embroidery down the, oh, darling, Patricia. You and I, you would wear these. We would be 16 years old again with my embroidered, carved out bell bottom parts, you know. And I'm going to be 16. Color. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's almost like it's prophetic to what I've been saying. It's like, well, I'm not 16 anymore. What do you expect? You know, like, <laughs> like no, I'm not going to go back into corporate America and work. I don't know what I'm totally doing, but I'm making it up as I go and I have the most rich, fulfilling life. I live in gorgeous homes. I have a number of beautiful pets. I 
I don't need that. That's a should thing. Why should I do that? You know, <laughs> I don't need to do that. And that's not going to help my being. It's just going to add stress. It's an unnecessary emotion in context to where I am now. I was type A, busy, 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 miss busy forever. And I'm not what I do. I am who I am. So again, I'm relearning that lesson every time those things come back. It's, you know, that old title junk again, or that old, here's, here's what I created thing again. No, that's not who I am. It's just a haunt, you know, <laughs> a haunt on my shoulder, you know, go away, flick them off. <laughs> the other thing I just gleaned with healing is also caring for others. And it's a theme with you caring for others, giving back paying it forward, whatever phrase you'd like to use. And I do. Yeah, I think that's a very healing um, thing to do. I mean, I, I, Melanie and I both come from um, spiritual backgrounds, different in some ways, but alike in many. And <clears throat> one of the great spiritual components that I've learned over the years is if you are troubled in your own life, if you seek clarity, if you're trying to heal, help someone else. Yeah, I'm going to interject another thing. Um, I don't know if you know this. I think you know this about me, but I've actually studied as much as one can and found associate pretty much sisterhood in this space to do end-of-life doula work. And it's non-medical pre-hospice patient care, um, person care, or human care. It's come to me that I'm good at it, and I love doing it. And I've had several people I've worked with during my journey of cancer that have even had cancer. And it's richly rewarding. And yes, it heals me because those things that are within me I can now offer up in support of others. I can I can be where they need me to be in their time of shock and fear and unknowing. I actually probably love me more now than I ever have. And yeah, maybe that's well healing too. Maybe that's part of my healing. Loving oneself, yes, that's very healing. And before we go on to our third and final question, I know Melody will have some beautiful things to say. It just really touched me, Selena, just hearing your passion and your advocacy work. It seems from, you know, um, from the very beginning of this spectrum of preventive care, kind of voicing out the cultural barriers and the stigmas that, um, underrepresented minorities and women face when dealing with um, like cervical cancers and prevention all the way along the line of survivorship spectrum. And you were just mentioning the human care aspect um, and the quality interactions you have in that place of when people receive the news and they experience that grief, that shock, that um, unknowing and not knowing how to react 
and you're just a pillar there to encourage them. That is so just empowering, you know, that you can see so deeply. And you mentioned earlier that you have the gift of discernment. And I sense that you have discernment in each moment, which allows you to gracefully let things go. And then you extend that grace to everyone you meet. And that empowers them in a way that is so special and individual. It goes along with what you were talking about, uh, Selena, that conscious pivot towards wellness and stepping away from uh, the should things, right? That's just truly remarkable and very empowering because you are who you are. I am who I am. And we honor your being. So thank you. Thank you. Empowering others, um, as Melody said, that speaks to your core leadership abilities. Empowering others, whether you are back in that big corporate world or uh, trying to help others and educate them on cervical cancer. Cervical cancer is one of those cancers that just needs so much more attention, uh, so much more education. but empowering others, it, again, it, it speaks to how great a leader you are. And it also speaks to the spirituality within you. What is the divine to you, Selena? You know, the all being, the all encompassing, the absolute place of peace. I know when that flow happens, that moment happens, that connection happens, that it's what is, is, it's the is, it's the be, it's the all. And it's a feeling, you know, it's, I don't know, I feel like it's, it's not just letting go, but it's receiving. It's, it's in that warps it's in that just being let things be the answers come things unbraid things create magic happens people connect it's just it's such a beautiful place to be to see and to be in that state it's something that I just feel like you savor life. You are life. And it doesn't always happen. And it's not always present. So it takes honoring that breath, honoring that moment. And I don't mean to sound like these are just words. I've tried many different ways of, you know, strict religion, meditation, and all those things. Meditation really, really helps. Uh, Sometimes it's just breathing. It's just walking. It's just watching and listening 
like right now being where I'm at during this interview is so magical. I wish both of you could be here with me and see the water and the brightness just glittering and sparking and and the birds are just flying around this little pier area where the sailboats are. They're not out sailing right now, but Mount Rainier is totally visible. The skies are blue, but they're just painted with these various different, really quite beautiful blue-tinted clouds, movement, the air, gorgeous, it's rich, and it's real, and I'm here to experience it. I'm so grateful. That's divinity to me. I want to echo what you said, because it's just so beautiful, that absolute, all-encompassing peace, and that the being of it all, the all And I love what you said about receiving, like being receptive to be in that space of receiving. I love that because when you are there in the moment, when you, when your eyes are opened up, then you have that ability to believe and receive whatever it is you need in that moment. And it's just achingly beautiful the way you described it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I could also tell you I have a grandson that I call my bonus baby because of all my grandkids that have been born on my watch, one came that would not have I would not have met. And it's like, and then being there with my daughter, I mean, talk about, talk about div- divine. Oh my gosh just amazing the whole experience and I'm such a beautiful child all of my grandchildren are beautiful children you know they're all bonuses in life it's really amazing I created a piece of art that I gifted to Swedish Foundation for my care and it's filled with the divine it's a piece that encompasses images of the spark of life and man-made symbols for sacred places of reflection. You know, life after death, you know, a tree cut down, but another tree grows right up in the middle of it. You know, all these things, and it's like, I was so in flow in that creation. There was only one thing to do with it was, let's let it free and see where it can go next. Art truly is filled with the divine. Your art is filled with the divine. Everyone's art is filled with the divine. Yes, yes, yes. And thank you for being a receptor for helping people find that, Patricia. Thank you. One parting beautiful remark that you gave us. You gave us so much wisdom, but I'm going to end on this, my dear friend. I am grateful. That's divinity to me. Yes. Couldn't have said it better. On that note, thank you. We're grateful for you. <laughs> what a what a lovely time with you. Thank you so much, Melody. Any other beautiful things you'd like to add? No, this has just been such a sacred and a joyous 
conversation. So, thank you, Selena. Thank you, Melanie. Ah, it's been a joy speaking with you. It's been awe-inspiring speaking with you. You have gone right down to the depths of what it means to be alive. <laughs> and you shared it with us and our audience. And we just want to, again, thank you so much. Uh, you shared more than enough wisdom for a lifetime, more than enough that any of us could glean. It's just been remarkable. And um, uh, I'm lucky to know you. And now we move on to the flow portion of our podcast. Today, I would like to read a poem titled How to Open by Alicia Hoffman, first published in Radar Poetry, Issue 9. How to Open. Tell me again about Delphinium, about how foxglove rose to herald this new season, how even rows of unnamed soldiers do nothing to halt the triumph of wisteria that winds its vines over the fence, curls itself into the grooves of wood, grasps the corners of ballast to spike their bloom into another knight's armor. How I thought I was shielded from the time of opening, closed so long from grace, from the touch of warmth that came later to cover my face from what I can only describe as absence. Those ad infinitum losses, those cleaving trolls, carving pits into hollows. How now I am slowly awakening, recalling this winter lasts forever, was another cold hyperbole. How burying and burrowing don't work in a life continuing to cycle and spin and open this hard husk of grief. So tell me about cornflower, about lilac how sweet scent can carry the wind, how yesterday I was ready to give it up, how now I am ready to begin. Thank you for joining us in this episode of the Create to Heal podcast. We are so grateful for this journey and the time we've shared together. We invite you to send us your gems of joy please email us at pv at patriciavarga.com. My initials, pv at patriciavarga.com. We look forward to connecting with you on our next Create to Heal episode. Thank you.